Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing energy matters in an informal setting. Today I'm in Berlin at the Event Horizon Conference, which is focusing on the uses of blockchain in the energy sector. Joining me today is Christoph Berger, Senior Lecturer at ESMT, Berlin-based School of Business. Welcome to you, Christoph, and it's a great pleasure and honor to have you here. I first met you two years ago, over two years ago in Vienna, well, nearly three years ago, yes, at the first Event Horizon conference. What do you see as the big developments in blockchain since then? What's happened or what's not happened? Yeah, I think if we look backwards, we are getting grown up. Three years ago, there was a lot of enthusiasm. Blockchain was the new thing around mm. the block. Then we had the boom and bust cycle in 2018. Mm. And now many players fall out of the markets mm -hmm. and the serious players remain. Mm. And we see a lot of progress on the technological side, so on scalability issues, partly solved with private blockchains. Mm. And we see now getting more to the realization phase. You might say it's a little bit delayed because everybody was mm. thinking that three years ago mm. and now finally we are getting to that space. Mm. So we're getting more educated. We have regulators that try to understand the technology mm. more. And it's also surprising that after the boom and bust cycle, some people thought that blockchain is now out of scope. Mm. But that's not the case at all, right? Mm. All mm. the countries are still looking at blockchain technology. The big mm. companies mm. are now embracing that technology. Mm. So I think that's good, but it will be now more step by step. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, companies and also countries have really sort of embraced blockchain. I'm thinking specifically the financial sector. Yes. Why is the energy sector, why has it been so slow at, yeah. uh, at, at putting blockchain into, into practice? It's a very relevant and good question. And I think there are two levers to that one. Mm. One is that the whole energy market is undergoing a transition. And there are not so many countries where renewables play such a significant role that flexibility becomes a key issue. Mm -hmm. And that is one topic in, within the energy transition which doesn't have anything to do with blockchain. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance local markets? Mm. Uh, how do you set up coexistence of systems where you have grid-based and off-grid solutions mm. and allow for those mixtures? And beyond that now is the topic of blockchain, who mm. might be actually an enabler of such a decentralization and local marketplaces. Mm. So what we are lacking in the energy market is now the regulatory framework for allowing those local markets. Mm -hmm. That's one part. Mm. And then also it's lacking digitalization regulation beyond blockchain. It mm. doesn't have to be blockchain. It, it's just open digital usage of new technologies for the whole contracting, for the delivery, for creating local local markets and so on. I mean, initially, when there was a lot of talk of, of blockchain, it was, you know, it will replace the energy exchanges, it will fundamentally, you know, revolutionize energy trading and, you know, into sort of peer-to-peer decentralized nitty-gritty yeah. stuff. But that hasn't really happened yet. Why not? Well, why not? Because I think that if you look at the marketplace, what we see right now, basically, there are two solutions or two platform models developing. Mm. One is blockchain as a service, mm -hmm. and this is driven by the big IT providers. And there you have platforms that are permissioned. Mm -hmm. So then you so like IBM, for example, IBM, mm. SAP, yeah, and so yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, these players provide their platform solutions. Mm. 
and that's permission so you don't have any regulatory issues whatsoever mm -hmm. but you miss of course the whole tokenization issue mm -hmm. yeah they mm -hmm. claim that basically within that platform that's linked to your ERP system so mm -hmm. there's no problem whatsoever mm -hmm. secondly we are seeing like here with energy web foundation platforms who try to combine those elements the mm -hmm. platform with the tokenization mm -hmm. and I think in the future you will see different ways of those platforms and right now I would argue that you see a race for the platforms mm -hmm. from different parties mm -hmm. from big utilities, from IT companies, from functional companies who try to become a dominant player in these industry platforms. That's mm. not only relevant for energy, it's also relevant for shipping, for mm. insurance and so on. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen the sort of disappearance of these intermediaries though in the marketplace uh, so far. No, not so far, but I think it, you a little bit more patience. Mm -hmm. well, I would not say we don't want them to disappear. <laughs> yeah? So mm -hmm. may the better succeed. But that is a little bit linked to the slow change in the energy sector where you still have your assets and then mm. moving step by step but i would assume that this will take place mm. and the blockchain technology or let's say these platform models mm. provide a basis for utilities also to reach a smaller customer segments for dso to get this local balancing market mm. Besides that, there is still the question, there's a lot of hype in the peer-to-peer, -peer, mm. and I doubt a little bit about that because mm. the question is how much do I earn, mm. Mm. right? So mm. there needs to be some business models developed. So I mean, if you're going to building a whole huge model around the fact that maybe household can make 10 euros extra a month, that's not really going to fly, is it? Or? Well, we will see, right, mm. whether mm. this will mm. fly or not. I don't know. Some households mm. might say, this is fine. This is the pocket money for my children. Exactly. Some yeah, others yeah. say, I don't care. Mm. Uh, the question is, do they really want to be involved? With the tokenization or do they just look for a supplier who makes it cheaper for me that's the fundamental thing yes. and and, and uh, energy consumers have been very slow to switch suppliers yes. and this is a big issue here also i think uh, is an issue is that we've seen at this conference and elsewhere you know i hear you know people putting solar panels on their roofs uh, battery storage driving electric cars but there's only a certain percentage of the population that can afford this i mean yes. th th these are not cheap things yeah. you know so i think that maybe may hold it back as well um, that's true that's a social question basically mm. how to allow for that on the other hand i mean if you look at all these decentralized um, solutions mm. you would argue that if a region adopts that approach Mm. there is more local value creation mm. yeah, because you have your PV module on the roof so you have an artisan doing that mm. you need to operation and maintenance mm. and then you have local, more local value creation mm. and you might also argue that in the midterm you see a race to the top of communities who mm. are able to attract then more inhabitants mm. because this mm. is the value creation we have a nice um, system in place and a, a new way of living mm. the the big question is like you said that uh, others are not left behind yeah absolutely we've seen the systems are in place the software even probably the hardware for these peer-to-peer -peer platforms but they haven't taken off is it is there a governance issue i would question that mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. had several interviews with aggregators so mm -hmm. demand response mm. And they said, basically, there is so much potential with industry. Okay. So that I start, of course, with the biggest potential. Mm. And this is a little bit like smart home. We had this discussion, who wants to have the smart home? The industry mm. wants to have the smart home to sell more intelligent mm. appliances. Mm. You would argue this is really nitty gritty stuff. So if we look at the demand response, the industrial sites are much more uh, interesting. I would still argue that the, the big benefit 
of blockchain or any other technology, digitalization might be that you create those local markets. Mm -hmm. So the DSO so far had to do the balancing via some Excel sheets and you know, mm. and basically there was nothing to balance. Now there's increasing complexity mm. and the question, who is helping me mm. to solve that balancing issue? Mm. Mm. And that might be any other digital platform, but there might be also a blockchain platform which mm helps me to solve that complexity. Yeah, and there are already platforms out there doing yeah. just that, aren't there, and solving congestion issues exactly. uh, on, the, on, the, on the DSO level, but also on the, on the, on the TSO scale. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's the, the role of the aggregators here is potentially quite important yeah. as well. At this conference here, we've heard a lot, you know, a lot being said about regulation, about the governments, about the data issues, data protection issues. Are regulators, in a way, holding back the progress, would you say, or...? I think there's a twofold approach. At a certain extent, data protection is a is a viable benefit to society. Mm -hmm. So you would argue that whatever new technology comes up should enable us to have our data protection and our privacy. And any new technology should comply with that idea. On the other hand, the question is from, and I would argue especially in Germany, to allow new technologies, new innovations to be tested. Mm. And there I would take the sandbox approach of mm. UK as a leading edge idea. When you, when you say sandbox, what do you mean by that? Maybe not all of our listeners yes. are aware of this. It's, uh, you know, yeah. Since kindergarten, they may not yeah. be. Yeah. So in UK, there's a sandbox program, basically, where you can hand in your ideas for new technologies and how they work. And then a regulator is giving you the, the right, basically, to test that idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's kind of a, a marketplace. Mm. So you hand all in the projects and the mm. best projects then are allowed to, to, mm. to be tested. Mm. And I think that's a very viable approach mm. to do that. And that is going actually then beyond the technologies. You might mm. be simply for the benefit of the better. To, but to that's a very proactive regulatory approach. Exactly. Maybe not. it's not the same in maybe... Yes. All 28 markets of the EU. Exactly. Yeah, so there yeah. are some lagging behind. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's an issue of losing control when, when technology moves so fast and has yeah. the potential to disrupt so quickly. Yes. Then maybe, you know, some people yes. want to have that kind of element yes. of control. But it also raises another question, maybe, Christoph, that is the market, you know, as it stands today, is it ready for such a, a huge disruption? And, and, you know, are there, there's a lot of vested interest, there's a lot of elements at play here that could be holding back the technological progress. I think we just had our academic panel discussion and then the question was what is the demand for peer-to-peer -peer trading in the UK mm. and the biggest hurdle was if you mention blockchain technology or Bitcoin because then people get hesitant mm. or oh, this is this kind of groovy thing we don't or, know or about. A bit dodgy as well. A bit yeah, dodgy as well. Yeah. Mm. So I think it might be much better if blockchain technology is the technology in the background mm -hmm. and you simply focus on the customer benefits. Mm. I think that would help the whole debate. On the other hand, of course, I think more and more people get educated that blockchain is not the bad technology, but it's simply a a new technology, a distributed mm. ledger technology that allows to reduce the cost of trust. And therefore, that is an enabler to reduce costs mm. or to enable platforms where we mm. trust each other. Mm. And that's a good thing. Because then in a sense, I mean, it, it makes you think, you know, we've, we've had, we've been using the internet for many years, but there are not many internet conferences. You know, I just wonder whether maybe in 10 years time, instead of talking about blockchain, we'll talk about the actual apps that are used on the blockchain. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, mm. if you look at the internet hype, uh, the boom and bust cycle at mm. the beginning of the 2000s, we have the same thing here right now. Yeah, we yeah. are now through the dip. Mm. So now the more serious people progress mm. step by step. And in the internet, it talk six to ten years so mm. we have here also six to ten years and then I, I'm sure we will see some completely different 
applications. When it becomes a little bit more mature, potentially, yes. and, and yeah. when uh, you know some of the yes. hype has really subsided. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us today. My great pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, we didn't find him in the beer garden, but we had to find him and had to come to his office. Uh, for the next part of the pod, it's a great pleasure to have you here, Tobias Federico um, of Energy Brain Pool, CEO or co-CEO and owner. Yes. And founder, even. Yes. yes, yes. We were talking earlier about blockchain on this pod, and I'd like to ask you, I know you've been a, you were an early mover, or you did a lot of work in blockchain many, many years ago. You were one of the first people who could see the potential for, for the energy market here, weren't you? Tobias? Yes, yes. I think it's almost five years ago when I was uh, thinking uh, about blockchain. It took me a year mm. to understand the blockchain. <laughs> And mm. what, what are the necessary needs for the market? Yeah, so I think it's five years now. Mm, absolutely, well, five years, well. How do you see the development for blockchain within the energy sector at the moment? I mean, there was a lot of hype, a lot of noise, especially three years ago, and it seems to have calmed down a bit now. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I think we have passed the classical hype cycle. So there were expectations into the blockchain. Mm. And uh, for my personal opinion, and I still believe it today, mm. that the blockchain or a blockchain type technology, a distributed ledger, mm. has potential in the future energy market, mm. especially in the electricity market, when it comes to distributed generation mm. and small scale transactions. Mm. But I think the expectations into the blockchain have been much higher mm. than the technology can really solve today. Because mm. the technology has been designed for different purposes mm. and a huge amount of transactions is really difficult to scale up within the blockchain. It's quite slow, today. isn't it, though, compared to sort of other technologies out there? Yeah, it is slow, but um, I think one other problem is that when you start to shift around the blockchain to do things off-chain, mm. uh, then it's really the question of why do you really need the blockchain? Can mm. you solve with different technologies which is out there already and mm. in the market? So the, the real benefit of the blockchain is, for, for my personal opinion, mm. this distributed ledger with mm. high transactions and also the possibility to pay in cryptocurrencies. Okay, yeah. And especially the last part has not really evolved. No. Well, it's involved in the, the cryptocurrency sector, but maybe not in the energy energy world itself. But do you think the, you know, the elements of the current energy market as it stands make it very difficult for for new technologies like blockchain to enter into it? I mean, it's a very, you know, it's still quite centralized. You know, there's a lot of interest groups who, you know, who have still quite powerful and maybe not ready for this this great disruption. The thing is, I think the biggest problem uh, is the regulatory approach. Okay. So once it comes to the electricity delivery, it's mm. highly regulated. Mm. Not only in Germany, most of the European countries. Mm. So if you will, would like to adapt a new technology into a highly regulated system, it becomes complicated, especially when we look into the security of supply. I think the biggest fear is that the security of supply is not mm. really uh, guaranteed with a new technology. Mm. But when it comes a bit outside of the commodity, it might become interesting. Mm. So outside of the classical electricity supply chain to the yeah. end customer. Mm. When it comes to 
payment of e-mobility, for example. Okay. Um, so this is a bit outside of the regulatory framework. Yeah. This could be an, an interesting area. But and there's lots of models, there's lots of business models already working on that, aren't there? And uh, e-charging or charging of electro electric cars, you know, the, the, the network, etc. Well, the approach is there, so I think we have a lot of use cases, mm. uh, especially in that field, e-charge, for example. But the problem is scaling it up within the today's blockchain technology here, I come mm. back to my first problem, yeah, yeah. is a bit difficult because the, the given technologies, the, the given approaches we have up to now, while the, uh, the Energy Web Foundation is really thinking about a new technology, this mm. might become interesting, mm -hmm. but up today what we have right now, um, it becomes a bit self-cannibalizing. Yeah, okay. Because once you have more interest into mm. this blockchain and into the token of the blockchain the token becomes more expensive mm. the more expensive the token becomes the higher the transaction costs are yeah okay. so and then it cannibalizes itself so the success of the blockchain is then the big disadvantage of the transaction costs and then you're also into another area of regulation of course which is more financial yeah and once you get the financial regulators involved then it, that also could slow down the development in some senses because every every box has to be ticked, every I has to be dotted and T crossed. Uh, especially when it comes to a token which might not have this high price volatility. Mm. Once you connect a token with a real currency mm. like a euro, US dollar, mm. but this is a different uh, um, regulatory framework, especially from the financial regulation. So mm. you have to have to have a bank license mm. to be a currency exchanger mm. because you exchange a cryptocurrency against a real one. Mm. So and then it becomes complicated. And costly. And of course costly. costly. Yeah. The technology is there is moving forward, but the regulatory framework has remained a bit sort of static. Well the regulatory framework is made to ensure the security of supply. Mm. And of course, under this approach, it's not really made for new technologies. Mm. So once again, we are outside the electricity supply, mm. then it becomes interesting working with new technologies. Mm. But again, the technology is not really highly developed. And uh, the problem is also that I personally feel that there is a perfect match between a blockchain type approach and mm. the electricity market, uh, but not yet, maybe in five to ten years. I think for me, for the blockchain, two very clear use cases. Uh, saying use not business models, but is the guarantees of origin, yes. tracking guarantees of origin, and the other is peer-to-peer -peer trading. Have they really moved on? I mean, has it really? I mean, it's got potential, massive mm -hmm. potential there, but it seems to just sort of stayed still a bit. Well, I think especially peer-to-peer -peer trading becomes a problem when it comes to the regulatory framework. If speaking about peer-to-peer -peer trading, you do have different approaches. Either it's I, I call it the marketing peer-to-peer -peer trading. Mm. So you you do it via a electricity supplier with a supply license, mm. and you just swap between a left and right side mm. within the regulatory framework of a supplier. So you still have a middleman. The classical peer-to-peer -peer approach is that you get rid of the middleman, mm. and me as a prosumer in this case, mm. I am will be able to sell electricity to a consumer mm. directly. Mm. At least in Germany, it's a problem that I'm under the regulatory framework to be a single user, mm. yeah, and the single user is only allowed to have one supplier. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, in the peer-to-peer -peer trading, from the prosumer side, from the generation side, which is mostly PV panels, mm, mm. they're not able to make the full supply to me also during night. You're not allowed to have several suppliers. So. Uh, yeah, okay, that's, so. that's one of the biggest problems in Germany. Uh, in fact, when you're an industrial consumer and mm. you have the continuous mm. uh, 
measuring, mm. then you're allowed to have different suppliers. In mm. this case, it would work, mm. but not me as a household. Okay. So, so, so Herr Schmidt could do it, but not Herr Schmidt and Herr Brown and Fraulein uh, yeah, Wolfbein Müller. Müller or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 no. yeah right. So yeah. Herr Schmidt could be, uh, could be the only deliverer to Miss mm. Müller, mm. but the problem is then uh, he has not the generation capacities to do so. Yeah. Coming to the uh, certificates in general, so GOs is one certificate mm. type, we could do uh, re regional generation, we could do also CO2 certificates, mm, mm. Uh, for example. Mm. That's great because the certificate is outside of the electricity supply chain. It's a digital asset, it's just a number, mm. and you transfer the ownership of the certificate mm. until it's going to be consumed, meaning cancelled. So that is great. The mm. problem is that a new technology with the setting up costs and the transaction costs mm. has to compete with the current technology mm. which already has been set up. Mm. So the investment costs in setting up is some costs and it's, we only have the continuous cost of running the system which mm. already runs and works. Mm. It must be yeah. really competitive mm. to beat that and must have huge benefits, mm. for example the payment of cryptocurrencies. Yeah, yeah. But then again, like you say, we're still a way off that. Right. So, so the business models here seem to be lacking. I mean, if you if you were a betting man, and I know you're not, uh, Tobias, where would you put your money in, or where would you where do you see the potential uh, in the years to come? I mean, I mean, will once these technologies start to mature, maybe three to five years, they could have have more of an impact? Do you think? Yes, definitely. I'm still a strong believer in a distributed ledger in a distributed defossilized electricity market with small-scale generation. So I believe into that. The thing is the technology must change radically. Mm. So even the approach from the Energy Web Foundation, which is mostly connected to the old Ethereum blockchain type of approach, so we do have a continuous chain. Mm. The question is, is it really necessary to have all the transactions of the past of electricity mm. supply, for example? When you speak about cryptocurrencies, then it's really necessary to, to book your account. But the, the blockchain should have the right to forget things mm. or to decrease the information, to condense the information. Mm. Then it becomes shorter. The Tangle approach is also from IOTA, is an interesting approach, okay. which thinks the technology in a different way. Mm. But even IOTA is not the final answer of a, of a distributed ledger technology. Mm. So I don't know it yet. I think if I would bet money onto, I would like to develop a distributed ledger technology blockchain type, but not with a continuous chain of blocks. Yeah, okay. But I don't know what the approach could be. <laughs> it could be around the corner. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid we have to, to wrap it up there. I mean, we could talk for hours on this, I think. Yes, Tobias, thank you, you very much for joining the, the Montel with the podcast. Thank it you. is a pleasure always. Thank you to this week's guests, Christoph Berger and Tobias Federico. Next week, we'll have a video recording of the pod from an old power plant in Berlin, Kraftwerke Berlin. Joining me, Richard Sverson, will be Anna Tubrovich, Jojo Hubbard and Maria Kovana, all leading energy experts in the blockchain sector. You can also find the pod on normal platforms and as well as on YouTube. Thank you and goodbye from Berlin. Auf Wiedersehen.